Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first-team contracts. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of Seattle Sounders. You know who he is. Brian... How are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome in to a uh, a very a very hastily and emergency put together Sounder Art podcast. Um, I am your host, Mark Kastner, obviously. And uh, we're recording minutes after the news of uh, Sounders president of soccer or former Sounders president of soccer and GM Garth Lagerway departing the club for Atlanta United to become their CEO and club president. I am joined by Dave Clark, Tim Foss and birthday boy, Jeremiah O'Shan. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah, is this the most interesting birthday you've ever had? <laughs> you know, I, it's certainly from a professional standpoint, I, I think it probably is. I, you know, the one thing about having your birthday near Thanksgiving is that it's like usually a slow news cycle. Yeah. And this year is not the case. This is not the case. Yeah. I suppose there's been a few years where Sounders have had playoff games right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's true. I but, but that's, that's kind of routine stuff. You don't, you don't get to expect that the, kind of the architect of the Sounders empire departs yeah. to uh, kind of the evil empire, if you think about it. Yeah, it, certainly. Yeah. yeah. yeah and I will, I will say the, the thing that's interesting, I feel like the news of Garth coming to Seattle happened right around Christmas. Uh, I will go, I think Taylor Twelman broke that news. So while, while Tim goes ahead and, and makes sense of his thoughts on this, I'll go ahead and try to look that up. Yeah, I mean, I admittedly am sort of reeling. I know, Jeremiah, you and I talked about this last week after the annual business meeting. I really, maybe it was just that I convinced myself, but I was really felt pretty certain that he was going to stay, or at least that that was the most likely outcome. Um, You know, you've, Jeremiah, been pretty good about hammering the point that whether Garth stays or goes to another opportunity is probably less about money and more about what the opportunity entails. And I know you've noted on Twitter today that like the job at at Atlanta is not something that exists with the Sounders. Um, It, it really is like the next logical challenge for Garth to approach. He accomplished the big thing in Seattle. He took, or it helped build the Sounders to a championship team twice in MLS and became the first club in MLS to win CCL. It's a pretty good list of things to add to your CV in addition to other work he's done, you know, building up the development pipeline. It makes sense that he would go to see how much more he can do with that much more influence, but it's a tough pill to swallow for sure. 
Yeah, I had yeah. somebody ask me over on the uh, the Twitter, like, uh, why would he leave? Like, he has that much power here. And I had to point out, like, no, in Atlanta, he's basically taking what Garth did and what Peter Tomazawa does and combining it into one role. Um, and that just wasn't going to happen here. Uh, there's just no way that the minority owner, who's also the president of business, who has extensive sports business experience is going to be set aside for for garth as well as like pretty extensive executive experience within the corporate world uh but peter having worked at microsoft uh jeremiah is correct that uh the the news about garth lagerway joining the sounders was broken by taylor twelman on december 15 2014 uh, which was right before Christmas, uh, Christmas, yeah, uh, in 2014. So yeah, I guess he does kind of love ruining people's holidays, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, and and I'll I'll add on that it's it's not just like that he's it's a combination of Peter Kalmazawa's job. It's also like some of what Adrian Hanauer does, and I think that's the other thing that makes this a difficult. Thing to like like the Sounders were in no position to make a like for like uh counter offer and that's just the reality I mean age like one of the, the biggest thing maybe maybe the single biggest thing is that in Atlanta Adrian or in Atlanta Garth will sit on the competition committee which if you don't know about the inner workings of MLS and I don't blame you for not knowing that but the competition committee that's why you're here Jeremiah right the, <laughs> the competition committee is essentially what makes all the main rules for the league and that's the comp that's the the rules they uh you know they make the playoff rules they make the like they come up with ideas like tam and and all these other things i mean it's the most influential and most powerful uh group uh like working group in mls and adrian hanauer sits on that uh on that group and there was no scenario that i can imagine where adrian was gonna step away from that and and, and i suppose maybe that was like, I guess if they, they really wanted to get crazy, they could have done that. But it's I, I think that's what makes this such a hard, like, it, it wasn't, I guess my point is, is it wasn't about money, I don't think. I think this was really about opportunity. This was about control. This is about Garth being able to, like, make Atlanta into whatever he wants it to be. Like, he can, like, I'm sure Carlos Bocanegra will be there for a little bit longer, but I I, I think he he will absolutely have the authority to fire him. He has the authority to hire and fire his coaches. He has the authority to hire and fire everyone that works in the front office. I mean, it's, it's, it's essentially Adrian's job with the Sounders plus some. Yeah. And I think that that's like a really important distinction because uh, obviously maybe, maybe it wasn't obvious until right this moment, but he was never going to get that kind of control here uh, on that level, but also like you kind of have to think like, yeah, the Sounders missed the playoffs this year. They also won the Champions League. But what if what what would happen if Garth Lagerway would would have wanted to fire Brian Spencer? And I just don't think Adrian. I think Adrian Hanauer steps in in that situation, and had he hasn't like the owner has influence into that here in Seattle. Whereas now in Atlanta, Garth can just do whatever he wants. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I suppose, Atlanta's ownership is basically absentee. Like he cuts a check, he doesn't tell people what to do. He hires really smart people, um, 
and that's a different style than we have with Adrian, but, uh, you know, also Adrian's ownership history is one of extraordinary success around soccer, both at the lower divisions and in MLS. So yes, we have a very active owner as opposed to the Atlanta system, but it's worked here. And Atlanta's system is probably one that's worked for them as, you know, it's easy to forget that they were once a mighty power in the Eastern Conference. Or like so, a year and a half. Ah, uh, two. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it, but that, that, that's for the Atlanta podcast to talk about. We can talk about kind of the Sounders. And I think, I think the kind of the overarching question right now is, is this some sort of failure on the Sounders part that Garth walks away, Tim? Or do you kind of feel like this is kind of maybe a natural exit point for Garth? I think it's a pretty natural exit point that feels a lot worse than it really is because it comes after missing the playoffs. Um, I think that it's going to put a pretty bad taste on just about anything that happens, you know, during this off season, it's all going to be tinged a little bit with that first season without playoff soccer for the Sounders. Um, It is, you know, to the point that like, I guess theoretically it would have been possible for the Sounders to offer Garth a like for like role with the club compared to what he got is taking over at Atlanta, but that would require like Adrian Hanauer to be a different person than he is. And the structure of the club to be fundamentally different. I think by the nature of the Sounders as an organization, like this role has to be a more collaborative position. And as a result, there's going to be, you know, for most people who want to have a position as the GM or president of soccer at a soccer team, like they're either, they're probably going to have greater ambitions than just being a collaborative part of a winning team. They're going to want to see what they can accomplish. Um, And I think as a result, like there's always going to be this point that you reach with whoever takes the job. It might be that they stay for, you know, Garth was here for almost a decade, like eight years is a long time. Um, I, I think that's probably around the upper limit that someone is going to stay in this role realistically. I, it, you know, it hurts because it's coming after no playoffs, but it's also coming after winning CCL. And I think that's a reasonable point for anybody to say, all right, I did the thing. I'm going to go see if I can do other things. It's funny you mentioned the eight years. There was a thing in the army. We had a saying that if you stayed in eight, you might as well stay for life. And I, I think that's kind of uh, similar to where Garth is. Like if you spend eight years with an organization, you might as well spend 20. Um, there's no point to leaving at year 11 or year 15. You might as well just go until you're done. And so, you know, if Garth has, clearly he had the wanderlust. He wanted bigger op- options and opportunities. And he has that. And it's great for him. It's a shock to Sounders fans. I don't think he spoke like somebody we expected to leave at the uh, annual business meeting or at the end of <laughs> at the end of year meeting with the press. 
that wasn't a guy who sounded like he was done. And so it was rather, um, I, I felt sudden. I know I'm not as connected as I used to be, but all the people who talk to me about rumors and such are like, whoa, what's this happened? And I'm like, I don't know. And I don't think uh, from Jeremiah's public presence, at least, I, I, I don't think there was a, a lot of knowledge that this was anticipated or expected. I mean, I'll, I, I guess I'll, I'll say this, and this is sort of the conversation, a version of the conversation that Tim and I had at the annual business meeting. And I agree with Tim that everything Garth said was very much implying that it was a matter of time before he kind of came back. Like he, he was talking about like just needing to sign some papers and needing to, and like the way he was talking during the whole event was sounded like a, a, a GM who was invested in, in what was happening here and what was happening going forward. And I think he was speaking truthfully, but I, I also cautioned him at the time. I said, I, I know he's saying this, he might even believe it, but I, I also have had other conversations that inform me that he wants more, like he wants more than what is here. And I know, and unless something changed with what's being offered here, and I don't think, I, you know, I don't, I don't ultimately know what the Sunders offered him, but this opportunity in Atlanta, if it came, if, if Atlanta came calling, if, if Chicago, frankly, if I think Chicago probably could have put together a similar offer and that would have been enticing. He's from Chicago. Uh, I think he has, uh, you know, they have a, an ambitious owner. Uh, it would have been a different project for sure. But I think that that could have been, I think even someplace like LA could have potentially come in yeah. and made an, an offer that would have been enticing. Uh, and so knowing, knowing that those jobs were out there, potentially, I was a little less willing to say I think he's going to be back like really authoritatively and uh, like not to plug the, the newsletter that I've started uh, putting together, which frankly links back to most of Sounder at heart. But like, I, did, <laughs> I, I, I did talk about how like he's going to go out, he's going to make sure he knows what else is out there before he agrees to anything. And I, and I will say like the worst case scenario probably would have been if the Sounders had actually signed him to an extension, let's just say two months ago, that like automatically uh, vested when the uh, when the vote was announced, and then because I still think he probably would have taken this job. The only difference maybe the Sanders would have been compensated, but like the way these things work is Atlanta was offering a on paper and in reality promotion, and around MLS, you like you almost always grant the right to interview people if they're being offered a promotion. A certain the Sounders organization has always been very open about like if you get like that's why gonzo was allowed to go interview it at atlanta uh in the last version of this story uh and so i don't know i Similar. i i, I, I will I, i'll just say i'll, I'll step aside i think dave is right i think this sort of came out of left field i don't blame anyone for being taken aback by this there's not like there's been real rumors but i i'll just say that i feel like i've been pretty consistent on this point i think that the idea that um, Atlanta was not was not enticing was sort of something that I think a lot of people told themselves as a way of like not having to worry about this this possibility. Yeah, it's kind of sports fan classic sports fan cope. Like, right? It's just kind of what we do, and we'll always do that. Um, I think we'll kind of 
kind of move the conversation to like, what do the Sounders do next? I think, I think there's obviously going to be a focus on whoever the next GM is, but I, I really think it's important to hark back on what Tim said that you don't really replace somebody like Garth with just one person. So Jeremiah, you've done a little bit of speculating online already about kind of the very short-term next steps, but how do you kind of see what the Sounders do from here, maybe within the next six months to 12 months? So I think, I mean, I think in the extreme short-term, like as of like this afternoon, I have to assume that the Sounders are moving forward under the like trust and belief that Craig Weibel is capable of managing this position and I think he is at the very, like they haven't made any, like that they haven't made any announcement along this, this line gives me some pause, but my read of it is that Craig Weibel is as of today, effectively in charge of the Sounders front office. And he is probably um, empowered to make dis- like signings and decisions as necessary. So I don't think there's like this period where they're, Oh, we don't, we can't do anything until we hire a GM. Like, I don't, I don't think that's what's happening. Uh I think you're right. It's going to be collaborative, but I think the smart money is probably that everyone, almost everyone in the organization sort of just gets a bump up to the next level. Uh, that's sort of what happened when, when Chris Henderson left uh, where the people underneath him just basically moved up a level in terms of like their uh, titles and their responsibilities. I think the smart money is probably Craig Weibel ends up as the GM, whether uh, both interim and maybe even long-term Sounders would be crazy if they don't at least call Chris Henderson and say like, <laughs> Hey, uh, is this a job you're interested in? Yeah. But it is a little bit more complicated because they aren't like he, he's essentially, that would be a lateral move for him from, from Miami. So the Sounders would probably have to compensate Miami. Uh, it's not like, who are I suppose my, for compensation. <laughs> right. Who no, And that's all joking aside. They are, they are sort of like, desperate for compensation uh, they also, I think, just re-signed him. So yes. I think they can, they can, they would have the authority to like just straight up say no. You can't, you can't talk to him. Uh, that you know, like Sean Henderson is Chris's brother. I'm sure they have ways of like going, uh, like making contact that is uh, like not quite so overt. But like, I gotta <laughs> imagine that's at least a, a, a path that you explore. But assuming that doesn't come to fruition, I think Craig Weibel is probably promoted. I think Sean Henderson maybe even moves up to the uh, GM or the uh, sporting director position or someone internally moves into the sporting director position. Uh, You know, someone like Henry Browner, who uh, I don't think was an accident, was one of the speakers at the annual business meeting. He maybe moves up in the organization. They have a lot of talented people in the organization. It's not like the cupboard is bare. It's not like, yeah, it's not like Garth is taking the whole front office with them to Atlanta. You better not do that, Garth. <laughs> Let's can we review when Adrian stepped aside and said that he'd be looking for a general manager? Uh, it wasn't to immediately hire Garth. That there was a couple months in there where they essentially said Is Chris Henderson, Sean Henderson. I, I feel it might was, be it, well. I think it was a little bit longer than that. I think because they did an actual GM hunt. They announced that they were going to interview people. Yeah, and I think um, that was in the summer of 2014. Yeah, and so similarly, they have this opportunity. To interview some people and I expected I've, I've got a list and uh, not to plug sounder at art but it'll go up shortly like Jeremiah I think Craig Weibel is the leader in the clubhouse he's currently the number two he's been a number one before 
Um, that list includes Chris Henderson, who is uh, the number one down in Miami. Uh, Sean Henderson, who's currently the number three here in Seattle. Uh, Kurt Schmidt, who's currently the number two at Real Salt Lake and has been the number two or number three at Inter-Miami LA Galaxy. And here he was the number three on kind of the scouting and evaluation side. Um, there's, there's kind of a deep bench of people kind of in the Sounders family. And I expect all of them to at least get the opportunity to say, hey, I'm interested. All of them would love to be back here or get the promotion. I didn't have Henry Browner, so I'm going to update that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think Henry is necessarily in line to be the next GM, but they do have a lot of people that... He could step into the two or the three. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if they go outside of the organization, I think the most interesting name is the actual guy who has done both develop, who has done development well. I know everybody likes to point the fingers at FC Dallas, but the Philadelphia Union managed to actually win trophies while selling people. And I think there's some interest in continuing that here. So that's Ernst Tanner. Um, but, you know, if they, if they leave the family um, outside of Tanner, I don't know if there isn't a, like last time Garth was pretty obviously the guy. He was a guy going from a mid club who wanted a big club. And we haven't seen statements like that from Tanner. Um, we've seen it from no one else. Like, I don't think anybody else around MLS is. The Alec guy Curtis right tried. He tried to go sure. to TFC and failed. I, I think well, three or, guys have tried to go to TFC and failed. Yeah. Um, but that's, I, that's just kind of a different kettle of fish entirely but if you're looking yeah. for parallels so um yeah kind of with jeremiah i think uh weibel is not only like the leader in the clubhouse but from people affiliated with mls um kind of an obvious choice i don't know if there's somebody else that like i wouldn't want curtis or uh i'm gonna mangle his last name starts with blez another former rail salt lake guy now at tfc um I just oh, don't are think you talking about the there's... guy who's in uh, Bezpachenko? The guy, yeah, the, the, he he is Columbus. The yeah, I think he's the Oh, is he with the crew, crew now? That's right. Yeah. He failed in sorry, he's one of the failures in uh the Toronto rebuilds. Um so yeah, I don't really think there's an obvious outside Vernon's Tanner. I don't see somebody in American soccer where I'd be like, I want him over Craig Weibel. Tim, do you have any final thoughts? Not particularly, just that, you know, to Dave's point that when Adrian sort of stepped aside and they started the GM hunt, there was a structure beneath Adrian already. So while they looked for a new GM, there wasn't this huge drop off in productivity in the technical staff or front office. Similarly, like Garth was not doing things unanimously. He was doing it with the help of the structure below him. That structure is still there. The, you know, couple signings they might make this offseason, the draft coming up, the people who have been working to prepare for those things are still there. Um, I I think this is, you know, it's a bummer, but it's it's also an opportunity for the club. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Jeremiah, closing closing arguments <laughs> uh I'll, I'll say that if you even if you take away the achievements that the sounders had during garth's tenure and i think 
those are well documented at this point. Uh, I think the lasting impression that he leaves is maybe even more important, which was the Sounders, as good as their structure was before he was here, it was still sort of like, it was still a lot of personalities. It was still like very reliant on individuals performing really well in their job. There wasn't necessarily this easy structure that you could uh, plug and play into. And I, and I think the biggest thing, the biggest legacy he leaves is the structure that uh, he helped build around the academy, the structure that he helped build around the front office. And I think that's going to make the transition hopefully relatively seamless. Now, the margin for error, I think, is much higher now than it was when he took this job. The league has changed a ton over those eight years. Uh, and as and I think and I'll, and I'll also say I, I think he'll probably be successful in Atlanta. I, I can't help but wonder if, you know, in a few years he's wondering what he he left behind. Uh, but that's partly because I think Seattle is great, uh, a great place to live, a great place to uh, to work. And I, you know, I don't, you know, he, he wanted this challenge. He wanted to be sort of like the guy in charge. I do wonder if once you do that job for a while, if it's really something you, you want to, like how much you really want to do it once you're doing it. But, you know, he gets to find out and, you know, he's a relatively young guy. I think he, it makes, I don't blame him for wanting to continue to test himself. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you never know about what color the grass is going to be when you get to the other side. Uh, not that that needed to sound as ominous as it did, <laughs> but uh, I think this is a real opportunity for the Sounders to kind of um, think about things a little bit and, you know, take their time because the team is good enough. Like they literally just won the trophy that nobody else has ever won. And had they been healthy, they would have comfortably been in the playoffs and you never know what happens when you get in the playoffs. So in the short term, I don't think they really need to do anything different and they can kind of think about this and, and, and see, see if there's any way to kind of figure it out. Uh, I would, I would be kind of disappointed if they just did the kind of thing that they did with Garth eight years ago and just picked the next best guy, but I wouldn't, really care because <laughs> i think you know ernest tanner is good at his job or whatever but i, I kind of want to see them think look look outside the box and and try to take take advantage of the situation that garth Lagerway leaving gives them um well uh other than that i i think that that's just kind of uh kind of it for now you know there'll be a lot of a lot of time to talk about what what this means for the Sounders and what this means for Garth and kind of all that stuff. So uh, for birthday boy, Jeremiah O'Shan, for Tim, for Dave, uh, I've been Mark Kastner and this has been the Center of Heart Podcast. Thanks for listening.